a Pulp MX Network production. The only athlete-to-athlete podcast in the sport. Questions from a different perspective. The hard questions you want answered about training, riding, and being a professional athlete. Not only in motocross, but in other sports realms as well. Welcome to Shifting Gears, the Zach Osborne Podcast. Yeah, episode 16 of the Husqvarna Motorcycles Shifting Gears podcast with Zach Osborne as the host. Um, that'd be me. Uh, this episode's pretty cool to me. Um, it's a, something I've been wanting to do for a while. We were supposed to do it at Minneapolis Supercross last year and, and uh, ended up getting hurt and missing that round. But um, this podcast is with uh, Alex Martin and Phil Nicoletti, two guys I've been good friends with. Um, we've all lived together at some point or um, crossed paths for an extended period of time or whatever it may be. So um, we were just sitting in my garage at, at home in Claremont and uh, basically been tracing, telling funny stories and uh, making fun of each other. So hope you guys enjoy. Uh, it was super kind of last minute and impromptu. Um, Phil was in town and we were able to do it, so I didn't take any listener questions. But I hope you guys enjoy it. It's uh, pretty funny in my opinion. So uh, thank you for listening to the Husqvarna Shifting Gears podcast, and thank you to Skosh and Fly Racing for their continued support. Uh, enjoy. I'm Zach Osborne, host of the Husqvarna Shifting Gears podcast, as well as rider for Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing. I love my race bike, but it's not the only model I love from Husqvarna Motorcycles. They offer a whole range of off-road and street motorcycles. When you don't want to have to load up just to go for a ride, a dual-sport motorcycle is the perfect way to get your fix. Explore the trail beyond with the FE250, which delivers a more intuitive riding experience. And right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is offering as low as 0% financing on select dual sport models head to your local authorized Husqvarna motorcycles dealer and learn more here we are beautiful sunny claremont florida it finally cooled off um it's no longer like the devil's armpit it's like uh you know medium but uh this is the Husqvarna shifting gears podcast i'm your host zach osborne and uh joined by alex martin phil nicoletti and off the mic is Marshall Welton, just for uh, for spice. Um, how's it going, boys? It's good. Enjoying my time down here. Uh, glad I finally made it down to watch you guys ride and uh, check out what a Claremont life is all about. Happy to be here, sitting in your garage, Zacho, and chatting it up about uh, old times. Normally, my garage is not exactly the spot to sit because it's so dang hot. But today, it's nice. Um, finally, feel like it broke a little bit because yeah. it was summer uh monday and tuesday it was for a sure. hot week for sure and we probably cooled down 20 degrees from last night to today so yeah. i was happy i don't know what you guys are complaining about it was beautiful today <laughs> so phil's in town for a wedding uh, we wanted to do this podcast a while back at minneapolis mm-hmm. wasn't it yeah i didn't get to go because i got hurt and then uh yeah we're just now getting around to long it, time coming um, a year later. I really have no plan for how this podcast is going to go. It's more just like a story time uh, <laughs> of our past and how we uh, all got to this point, I guess you would say. Um, I've known Phil since he was, I think I was nine, ten, nine or ten, yeah. Seven to nine sixties. At Frozen Ocean. Frozen Ocean uh, Phil's local track went there, and uh, he was a little bit pissed because I beat him that day. 
Um, it was a good battle. And I really didn't know Alex until, like, I don't know, 2011, I think. Club life. Yeah, club club day. So, yeah. But we've become all become good friends over the course of the past ten years. It took Alex a little while, though. Yeah, he was super weird. I'm a late honest. bloomer. Bit of an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> introvert. That's an understatement. Uh, he was walking around eating, eating carrots and drinking kombucha way before that was the thing he to do. He does say carrots on the way. <laughs> Legit. Like, like Bugs Bunny in the so back of the car he never chewing changed. on carrots. And I'm like, dude. Well, but now I'm eating the carrots because I've had a lot of beer and things I shouldn't have been having these last two months. So I'm trying Maybe to cut it down. he didn't change. We just accepted who he was, you know? Hey, you're more like me now, Zach, I than I would I've come to you think. a lot. I, I've come to your side a lot. Mm-hmm. Both weird. So... Uh, yeah, I guess let's start from the beginning. Um, Phil, my favorite Phil story, let's just get this out in the open, out the bat, <laughs> is the kerosene lice story. Can you please tell us the kerosene <laughs> lice story? Because this kind of, I feel like if people know this story, they can really understand you much better. Ah, uh, first of all, my old man's a nut job. I love him to death, but he's a nut job. But <laughs> we, had a, we had a lice outbreak at our school, so, you know. I'm the oldest of five. I got three sisters and a younger brother, and we're all within the same age, a couple of years. And, uh, yeah, instead of taking us to the doctors, my old man, you know, he's like, back in the, you know, 60s, you know, we didn't have lice treatment, whatever. Um, you know, instead of my mom taking off work to bring us to the doctors, he brought us out on the porch and, yeah, rinse our hair out with kerosene. And uh, we didn't even have lice, but it was just... Just, just precautionary. A, just measure. precautionary, yeah. Massive He's just relief. like, I'm not burning mattresses and blankets and this and that. He goes, go buy a couple gall- gallons of kerosene and, yeah, put myself and my sisters, you know, <laughs> heads well, over the back. Head. <laughs> no, well, I don't. had sisters. He couldn't shave. Yeah, what, hey, I mean, I got the job done. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have been like, oh, let's cut my hair off. Do this. But maybe, no, it still maybe don't work Phil, like that. that's where it all started for Phil. Like, mm-hmm. lost some brain cells, maybe, yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's totally amazing right that it, they didn't get reported to child services. Yeah, yeah. CPS. Yeah. <laughs> Today, you that, yeah, see you. But oh, it looks, sure. makes for a good story. Uh, yeah, it's awesome What's your story. favorite Phil story, Alex? Uh, well, one of my first probably stories, I remember him, 2011. I wasn't even really friends with him at the time. Hadn't didn't talk to him at all at club, mm-hmm. and he was. You didn't talk to anybody. Let's be yeah, honest. That's, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a few friends. Me and Durham were were broing down in the camper. Yeah, you, you and know. Durham were not blowing Dur- down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember going that way. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Durham would walk in the camper. You would walk out, and vice versa. Durma, no oh, Durham. Oh, Durham. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were. Yeah, we didn't hang out too much. No, but no um, chance. No. So Phil was. Thanks for just bagging on me, guys. Appreciate it. We're killing it. But, um, no, Phil was not happy with the KTM team, and he was just like, he basically put the bike through the paces one last time. He did, like, a 30-lap moto on Supercross, and then, boom, next day he's going to Australia. I didn't see him again for, like, two years. <laughs> uh, but ironic. Yeah, that just comes to mind, but we definitely, I think we both have a lot of pretty hilarious Phil stories. Yeah. Uh, that r- reminds me of that time, uh, speaking of the KTM team, when we were at Asheville. <laughs> and you got jumped on. Dude jumped on your back. Yes, yeah, Chris Fisher. Yeah, Chris jumped Fisher. on your back, and and he went down. And Phil literally didn't That's miss right. a beat. It wasn't that as just shows. Marshall, man, I'm a man. <laughs> I ate this bike in my back, and I kept trucking. He didn't even flinch. Like, That's right. you know, another time is at Hog Cabin when you. Um, 
crashed into me on the start, and then you blamed me for it and tried to charge me $300 for No, I, you ran in the back of me no. and you cost me $1,000. Hey, do you remember the one year towards the end of Outdoors, and there was a massive jump at Club? Like, this thing was like 120 feet. Yes. Yeah, and you yeah. crashed off that jump. Yeah, and I what? thought you were dead. No, you weren't there. You no, I wasn't. Catalina Jeremy drunk at a wedding. I was, for sure. Absolutely. But Jeremy was there. Yeah, Jeremy was there. <laughs> he was fat and out of shape, and I whooped his ass that day. That was before Jeremy did his pro debut in yeah, 2013. It is. Holy shit. That's a yep. long time ago. What? I don't Do remember my, this. Yeah, I came out of the back sandpit, and Club had this huge 120-foot jump, and somehow... On I like, remember that track. On, like, the third, fourth lapper, <laughs> my bike shut off off the face, and it was just, like, game over. Mm. And I died. <laughs> died. He's one of your lives for I sure. died for a second and then came back, but, yeah, <laughs> it was not good. Yeah, after that, I was like, fuck, maybe Phil's, like... <laughs> I don't know. He's a tough mofo. <laughs> no, I, I love um, on that one. The one, uh, my favorite troll story is from my wedding when he was sitting in the bed um, <laughs> rubbing your face, like looking at Pissed you as drunk. if he really maybe wanted to kiss you. There's a few jars of moonshine involved there, Zacho. <laughs> we weren't sober no. anyways. but Oh, uh, good times, boys. So, oh, Phil, you're, uh, you're the most successful of us, uh, the three of us, <laughs> yeah, right. per recent. Yeah, um, right on. Massive paycheck, Canadian uh, Triple Crown champ. How's that all been? North American uh, Supercross North champ. American Supercross champ. Yeah. Uh, no, it was good. I I enjoyed it. Obviously, I miss racing 450 class with you guys and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just uh, kind of worked out. Went up there, do what I had to do. Made a pretty decent payday. Um, you know, go up there and do it again in 2020. Um, but I'd still like to come down and race the 16 on a 450, though. Hopefully with uh, less less controversy. Yeah, yeah, less controversy. But uh, bad press is good press, too. Is Mike racing right? up there next year? I have no idea. You know what? <laughs> I'm sure some people would like him, too, and some people would not like him, too. So... But I'm sure he'll be and there. Troll, you had a pretty good outdoor season with uh, with the JGR Suzuki team, and um, yeah, now you're in the off season prepping for next season. Yeah, it was definitely uh, I'd say a learning year for sure with the new bike and Suzuki. We talked about it quite a bit, I feel like, but um, we made a lot of progress throughout the year. I think we ended in a good spot, and, and even just I've been riding Supercross a couple weeks. Um, I was up in Charlotte in October testing, and I feel like we have a good platform for next year. So I'm excited. Kind of same same program for next year, though. Yeah, you feel like you you're starting in a better position than. than yeah, for year. sure. Yeah, it was definitely quite the challenge, honestly, just to to take a brand new bike and. Not have a lot of people, uh, yeah, feel suck it. He's just laughing over here. <laughs> Yo, I just remember what I was told in the beginning of the year last oh, year. Oh, bike is so good. This bike is <laughs> yeah. so good. Well, you have good. to tell yourself that no matter what. Uh, I, no, he legitimately <laughs> thought that. And then all of a sudden, halfway through, it's just like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing. Just, but in no Supercross, shit. the Supercross, the bike was good. Jimmy D was ripping. He had a couple podiums. I was top five overall in the series. But I really just think that we set the bike up for Supercross, and we went outdoors, and we were like, whoa, we, we messed up. But you, so. I feel like you would have had some much better races than, than what you had. Like um, New York comes to mind right off hand. Uh, you had a really good start and then mm-hmm. tipped over on the first lap, but I felt like that happened like three or four times where yeah. you were in a good position to maybe get a good result and then just didn't happen. Yeah, and we, I really struggled with my starts in Supercross where I feel like we kind of figured that out for outdoors. Yeah. So 
I mean, and even like outdoors, other than the first Moto Red Butt where we had the DNF, it would have been four straight Moto podiums. So, and we definitely got the ball rolling. And even in Supercross, it was decent, but definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Phil? What's uh, what's next? Arena Cross, right? Yeah, but I'm when race start? April 25th, so I'm on a couple month bender here at the moment. So. Um, it's been a long year for me. I mean, I don't race a whole lot up in Canada, but I've been grinding since, geez, right after Christmas last year all the way to about four weeks ago, and then I really started to taper down. But, um, yeah, I don't start. April 25th is supposed to be the first round, and, um, yeah, just try and enjoy life a little bit. What do you go – I don't I don't know a lot of it. Probably a lot of people don't know this, but do you go back and forth every week or you stay yeah, up there? Yeah, I go back and forth. And the traveling up there is kind of brutal. Um you know, and especially flying out to BC and Alberta and stuff, right. it's a bit of a hike. Remote yeah, stuff. you know, and you land at the airport, you got to drive two hours to a track and stuff like that, which kind of sucks. But um, for the most part, it was it was cool. I, I enjoyed the tracks. Um, I wish it was a little bit longer of an outdoor series. The arena cross stuff's a little bit. Eh, of you course, know. you do. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> a lot of people up there would like that as well. But what was it eight rounds? Eight rounds, yeah. So hopefully next year I'll go nine rounds. But uh, dude, the tracks are awesome. I like a lot of the, a lot of the a lot of the tracks, eighty uh, percent of them anyway. Um, but the uh, the Supercross portion, yeah, it's more just arena cross style stuff. So it's not really, it's not like down here, right? Um, I I mean, I've, obviously I watch them all on TV. They come on at weird times and stuff, but and I haven't seen any from this year. I think they're still playing 2018 ones. Yeah, and I was mentioning to you. <laughs> yeah, I saw that the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You and Marshall earlier about uh, a couple of the tracks that looked that I thought looked good on TV, and you're like, no, they're they're not. They're the worst ones. Yeah, I don't. I think, like I said, 80 percent of them were pretty sick. Um, and dude, they still got just as rough as a U.S. national, which I was kind of taken back by i wasn't really expecting that but i think it kind of worked in my favor so uh next year we'll have a couple new tracks i believe and um yeah looking forward to it sick i don't know i did the last two u.s they're not the last two but unadilla and iron man unadilla and iron man are different they were not even close to comparable to Canadian. yeah but iron man's always a gnarly iron man is a it's a good track yeah iron man's sick well i actually really like the layout this year the new I, I prefer the old one, mm. but <laughs> I like on TV the old one looked better. I just hated that Godzilla jump. That new jump was big. Mm. The you're talking about the one on the left side of the hill. Yeah, after the start. Yeah, that on the old. They made start. it a tabletop though, so it's not yeah, as bad. It's pretty good now. Yeah, well, when it used to be, oh, I hated that. The new thing. one. Yeah, it was fun like though. It. I liked it. Mm. Um, so Phil, you. You probably never listened to this podcast, but it's more like a backstory podcast. I have okay? not listened to any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad it. too because no, you don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't. You don't feel bad about anything. <laughs> you don't feel bad about anything. <laughs> so it's more like a backstory deal. Okay? It's, okay, it's more like about the things that people don't typically hear in a podcast or an interview from your typical media person. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get to this point? Like, I, I know you know. You were on some some turd teams in the beginning of your career, and then some decent teams. But um, 
give us a little bit of the Phil Nicoletti story. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's the same for most of us, uh, all three of us. I think we were kind of put through the ringer with some some of the crap with the industry and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of it depends on, you know, the right place at the right time on a good team with good people. That's with everything, it, really. It's everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, um, when you're a 17, 18-year-old kid and someone just throws you 35 grand, it's just like, hey, this is your shot to turn pro. You're just like, yeah, I got to go, you know. And obviously my old man was green. He didn't really know. So we just kind of did it. And, you know, after that, it's just like put you in the trenches for a few years. And you got to, like, claw your way out of it, which is um, – kind of unfortunate and shitty for our sport um, especially for a kid or us that you know dirt bikes is all we know and all we do so i feel like the face of that's changed a lot with like the the current amateur deal um with teams hiring kids so young and yeah stuff. i think that that transition has been seemingly made easier but maybe not actually but i still don't think a lot of the kids still utilize it like they're supposed to like you know or grasp it quick enough yeah you know i'm just thinking if i had a rock star husky deal when i turned pro like some of the kids have since being on the team i'm just like how do you crumble on something like that you know what i mean but obviously everyone's different and some things don't work for certain people but um i just wish i had that back then i think it would have made the first five years of my career a hell of a lot easier for sure. I do think though that we we developed a lot more grit from that oh, 100% approach yeah. you know? and a lot more like, appreciation like grinding to get there you yeah. know like, yeah. and know. for sure appreciation yeah, yeah. you know because you realize like once you get that support and that ride and that paycheck like you really appreciate it mm-hmm. yeah and, and I feel like I mean for me especially or personally speaking there's no way I could have handled the th- situations now that I've been put in if I hadn't had those struggles in the beginning to kind of know the other end of it. I, I, I agree 100%. Obviously, you guys have had a lot more success at that. Not really. No, no. For Come on. For sure. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I think age is just a number and success comes at different rates. Obviously, Coop wins a championship at 23 years yeah. old. You know, you're 28 when your first championship. It's kind of like, it's all relative. It's just different paths to get there. Obviously, some seem a lot easier than others but i don't know i think it makes you a better person though deep yeah. down anyway so. so you grew up in uh western new york or is that considered upstate or is that the same thing Ups- well anything other than the city is upstate new york okay. and new york city and new york is a pretty damn big state so um yeah just a country boy um, how'd you get started old man bought me a uh santa claus brought me a pw50 94 and uh yeah i think he regretted it and yeah ever since then it was just moto 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 um did a couple sports tried out for basketball you know eighth ninth tenth eleventh grade got cut every single year but I, <laughs> hey i did basketball too didn't go over for well sure but. water boy um but i just wanted to be a mule during practice i didn't even want to play in the damn games i just wanted to be a mule and practice run suicide just to stay in shape during winter time because I was in high school, and uh, yeah, I wasn't even good enough to be a, be a mule. They're like, nah, sorry, kid. <laughs> Beat feet. I so. made uh, a U team one year uh, in like fifth grade, mm. but I was second string. That's a fun fact. Second string point yeah. guard. But I think That's they have to keep you on in fifth grade. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I, I think that we had tryouts, and I'm pretty sure some kids got cut, but there weren't yeah, any yeah. tryouts, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Okay, all I know, you go for JV, it is cutthroat. <laughs> they don't care about feelings, nothing. They're like, sorry, boy, you ain't got it. Get out. 
Troll, your background's a little more obvious with um, your family owning a, a track that is uh, high level, pro national track, Millville, and um, your dad being a super successful uh, off-roader himself. Um, but you just started at a young age and kept trucking or what? Yeah, more or less. Um, three and a half. Got my first PW50 and actually, yeah, just rode a little bit on that. Honestly, though, I enjoyed riding and I did ride a lot in my childhood, but I never really, uh, I remember just being younger and thinking like I could never go race anywhere other than Millville. <laughs> I was like, please, dad, take me somewhere other than Millville. I was so over riding Millville because my dad was afraid to really, I think, get to that next level with us. Like yeah. for the longest time, both Jeremy and I, he really tried his hardest to get us away from sports or away from motocross because um, i mean him being a racer back in the 80s for you know factory can-am atk yeah um, he knew the dangers and the risks and yeah. stuff and, and i don't think he wanted that for his sons and so uh, my mom did a great job i mean i ran cross country in high school i played hockey i played, played the, hockey yeah played hockey for I like four I years I yeah put your ass in the pool so bad i'm quite the skater i have no hand-eye coordination but i could skate Tell so you you're what, like bro. the opposite of happy <laughs> uh, yeah, played the piano even. Wow. Yeah. I so, never knew that. I karate. Mean, I guess karate. we picked up at a time when. You I, don't play karate. You, I did karate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? You probably did I play karate. The way I you fight nowadays, <laughs> that makes that makes sense. Uh, I lost some brain cells all on you Supercross fight track your way today. Out of a wet paper bag. Uh, but I will say, anyways, Phil, before you rudely interrupted me, that uh, no, I just had. I feel like I had a well-rounded childhood for the most part. So, um, and then didn't even my first pro nat or amateur national was winter ams or minios. Yeah. In 2014, did 85s. First year racing the Reds was 2014. Super- not that's not right. Uh, sorry, 2004. 04. Would have been 04. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Dude, really? 04 was the first time. Yeah, 04, and then Holy 05 shit. at Loretta's in the Super Mini class. That was my first time at Loretta's. Really? Yeah. It was 05. So you would have been 15. Yeah. I, re- no. I raced schoolboy that year, I think. So, five, yeah. Like, put that in perspective. Ken Roxon's winning GPs at the age of 15, yeah. and I'm in the Super Mini class at Loretta's. Yeah, that's yeah we're not going to talk about 05 Loretta's. <laughs> I can't excited. I choked two titles away for uh, anyone who's wondering what Phil's referencing. I would have won that year, too, but I was out with a broken femur. Uh, I would have smoked you boys. Where? Loretta's. No, but when did that happen? I broke it at Walden. Right before you were tougher, you could have rolled through it. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, we've all played our fair share of pickup basketball and everything, but that's cool to know that you did some different stuff. Troll. I played midget league football for a season. I was uh, middle linebacker. So, I didn't last so long the body. football, but we both still could play midget league football. Get away with it. Yeah, what's the height requirement for that? I'm sure we're really close. Okay. <laughs> Both of us. You're right on the are. bubble. I like soccer, too. I was, I was soccer. On soccer. Where yeah. Neither of us are tall enough for soccer. <laughs> no, but Troll Daddy's hidden gem is ultimate frisbee. Oh, yeah. Here's we, uh, Coop. Oh, that's right. Coop always makes fun of me and Phil because I tell him we used to do our motos all the time. Well, not all the time, you know, quite often, once a week or something. And he's like... He didn't believe me at first. He thought I was joking. I was like, no, dude, we'd, we'd go to our motos, and then we'd ride you know, 40 or 50 miles on a bike, and then we'd go play Ultimate Frisbee with all the kids for three hours. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's Troll's hidden talent. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing. Yeah. 
They have the one thing, literally. <laughs> there was that. Uh, I, I think I texted both of you the, the other day. I was watching uh, TV, and that it was on. Ultimate Frisbee was on, like, yeah, ESPN that's right. 8 or something. Wow. Hey. Yeah. ESPN 8. <laughs> the Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> hey, that's a hell of a sport. It was a good workout, too. It was. It yeah. was good fun. Yeah, we had, some, we had some fun together. What would it be, like, 2012, 13, 14? A little bit of South Carolina. Chesterfield, South yeah, Carolina. 15. Yeah, that's good. But... You guys had to move to Claremont. Well, you wrecked it all. Things change, people progress, but it's cool that we've we're progressing. Phyllis too. Phyllis just won a championship, man. (laughs) Look at these. He's staring at me. I think he's gonna punch me. (laughs) He he did. He did give you a ride here, so there could be a point where you're walking around. We we all are very proud of Phil. (laughs) You good, Phil? You can't make up for it now, dude. You just buried yourself a hole. While you're staying with me this weekend so I can lock you out. Yeah, that's true. Fly Racing believes that our highest obligation is to provide the best products to riders worldwide. With the Formula Helmet, Fly Racing set out with one simple goal. Deliver the most technologically advanced, highest performing motocross and off-road helmet the world has ever seen. Five years of development later, that dream has been realized. Check out formula.flyracing.com to learn more. So Phil's the oldest of the group. Troll, when are you 30? Turn 30 on Monday. This Monday? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm already like 30. This past Monday. No, like no, this past Monday. Monday. Oh, all 30. That's right. Fuck, You're not 31 over. yet? 30, 30. No, he's Dude, March. are you kidding me? I, I, be 30 I just turns. got sick to my stomach. <laughs> I remember when Phil turned 25. Um, <laughs> we were all living together. <laughs> and he literally was like on the couch freaking out. Like, yeah. I'm like, Phil, what's wrong? And he's like, I-, I think I'm having a midlife crisis. I'm like, Phil, you're, you're, it's 25, not 50. Like, calm down. And he was legitimately wigging out about 25. So how did 30 feel? Yeah. Oh, it was worse. Honestly, I just sat on my couch by myself and drank a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to put myself out of my misery. It's depressing. I don't, I don't like getting old. Yeah. We were actually reminiscing, uh, maybe yesterday, was it? Like, can you imagine the two of us, and actually you, Zacho, going back to Loretta's plus 35 class, oh. just banging bars? That would actually be genuinely a lot You think Mike Brown gets shit nowadays? Oh. I'm going back and I'm getting my title. Uh, I'm going back and getting at least some revenge because, like, <laughs> we're all in the same class. I got one championship, and I should have had, like, at least six. So let's do it. I'm in. I think it'd be a good time. <laughs> So uh, I'm married, two kids, the full deal. Troll, you're married. I'm going to leave no real kids. quick. Phil, how are we looking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we went there. We're struggling. Struggling. I'm not ready. I, I don't know if I'm not ready. I could have been ready, but it wasn't in the cards. Well, okay. What about the kids? When are your kids ri- they going to ride or what? I, I always said my kid's not going to ride. It's too dangerous, too much risk, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, now I've got this guy in here that is, like, riding – anything that will move and <laughs> he's making mm-hmm. sounds and all this stuff like what do i do i mean i think the best thing from my experience i have no experience but through my parents i would say <laughs> ex- <laughs> exposing these kids to as much sports as possible yeah. you know but i mean genuinely i guess if they want to race like you gotta let them right yeah i mean i do think it would be cool to go back to loretta's as like a hey my dad's in the 35 plus and my kids on a pw 35 yeah. plus what? Yeah, you'll be 55 plus. Hold up. Why? When my kid's on a PW? Oh, PW, duh. I'm thinking older. Never mind. Yeah. Be sick. 
Wait, now you're plus 25. There is no plus 35 for, for you. Why? There, there's no class. There's no plus 35? No. So is there a plus 30? You're plus 25, and you got to race A class. There's a plus 30 BCA. Ooh, that sounds like I'm going to have to train. Yeah, you're going to have to train. You might as well just keep staying over at the Bacon's factory and keep walking away. Jeez. I didn't know that. I thought that, I, I mean, I really, yeah. I guess I didn't know why Brownie did the class choices he did. Yeah, the plus 30 was, class is a BC, and then, uh, yeah, you either got to be plus 40, plus 25, or wow. open like A or 40, I'm out. Wait. I'm out on that. If I can't do it before then, I'll just pass. Yeah. Well. So when are we planning this Loretta's reunion then? <laughs> I need to go in another two years. Brittany says she's not going if I go, so. You're going to get one of those Cruise America motorhomes, and you're going to go down there. Big old family. <laughs> Spend have, some time in the beer tent. A little bike rack on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Full on up on stage, coach. So I, I assume that you guys are good with pro. But you're not cheap enough. Right? Yeah, you'll have you'll be buying a hookup, though. Well, what, a hookup? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what is sure. the... The rule now, like you have, you haven't had any points for two years. Then you can do Loretta's. Oh, dang! That's another or, two years. What is it though? I don't know the rule. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Two years of being out of probation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got at least um, probably three years, I'd say. Yeah. Some young punks gonna wax you guys. <laughs> You're I mean, gonna be there. No, I'll be My out front. But beat all of you guys, actually. Yeah, that's true. I so will T-bone Brownie. I'm T-boning Phil for sure. Last lap, <laughs> you know last what? corner I don't for like the win. Loretta's though is the start. It is squirrely. It is. I'm just going to go inside. Especially if you get that Roll off a little bit. Let him push wide. Hey, it's not as sketchy as what it used to be with the little chicane and then wide open down. I it's better down. now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay now. I just remember that one picture of, like, I want to say it's Gene Stoll. It's, like, 30 <laughs> yeah. feet in the air. <laughs> Look at you just, just got shot out of a cannon. Yeah. No, yeah, thank you. Not good. Mm-hmm. So, um, Phil, what's uh, how long are you going to race? What's, what's the next goal? What's Canadian national champion? Uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to go to 2020. 2022, if I can. 2022? Yeah. Till or through? Through. What about you, Till? Um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of along the same lines. Like, I definitely have one more year left in my JJR contract, but I, I'm having a lot of fun. And I always thought, like, looking at the age of 30, like, I'd make it to 30 and be done. And now having been here, it's like, man, I'm just getting started. I've yeah. only been on a factory team like the last four or five years. And, I mean, as long as I can keep getting good rides and getting re- good results, like, I'd like to keep doing it a few more years at least. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. Like, I, riding today, like, just an average Supercross day, and I, mm-hmm. I had a blast. Like, yeah, I don't know that anything I could have done that, that would have been more fun other than, mm-hmm. you know, do something with my kids. But same time I still have to make money. I almost feel like at the age of 30, like I have more of a passion for the sport now than I did five, ten years ago. Yeah. I I think that... I think because there's a lot that's in that because you can make making money now so you actually enjoy it. you can run an efficient program you're on yeah. a good team so it makes it a lot more enjoyable back then dude i was over it well think about you know back in the club days it's like we were doing our 230 minute motos and then phil and i are like you know basically doing the air filters washing the bikes laundry yeah. like the whole nine cycling yeah damn well we didn't have to cook dinner we had a shit cook for us but still it's just like that was mental i would not do it again there's not a chance in hell i would do it again somebody was asking me the other day like if i would go back to europe and i'm like yeah i would go back to europe now but definitely never in the way that i was before like i i uh, i was actually telling alvin the other day like i don't know how i actually managed it at points because Mm -hmm. i was Mm -hmm. so far out of my element 
there's no way I could do it the way I did it now mm-hmm. or then now. But mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it gets more and more fun. I, I don't know where the stopping point is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see you see guys like Brayton, Chad Reed that are still going strong late into the 30s, and it's I think that we've definitely turned a page in our sport where that's becoming more acceptable or more yeah. common. So let's keep it going, let's boys. Going. <laughs> at 20, I didn't think I'd still be doing this at 30. Yeah. There's not a chance. So at 30, do you think you'll be doing it at 40? Let's just get this document. God, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope I mean, not. But, dude, they think about a lot of time has passed and a lot of good and bad times have came. And, yeah, it's hard to say when you're 19, like, oh, yeah, I'll be racing. No problem when I'm 30. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I told Brittany because I didn't, I didn't have a fill-level meltdown when I turned 30. <laughs> um, but, like, I think of how much we've lived from 20 to 30. Like, mm-hmm. you got that much more life till 40 and, you know, think about zero to 30 you got that much more life to 60 like that's it's, still doing it's all right. mental it's a bit mental it's kind 30 of 30 has never looked this good 30 is on me you're looking pretty rough but <laughs> i will say god you're Phil, ugly Phil hasn't aged a single day since we've known him since don't like give him too much credit 2007 <laughs> was the same fit. i don't know if phil's deserving of any compliments at this point in time no. as you know he's not he's not complimenting he's just telling me i haven't matured it's saying you haven't aged, though. I haven't aged. I haven't aged. haven't matured. Yeah. It's, it's a lose-lose. Your knees are probably in the best shape they've been in years. That's, yeah, that's true. I know back like three, four years ago, every day, oh, my knee hurts. Oh, my knee. I just want to take a saw and cut it Maybe off. it's because you had me running. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's because you had me running 60 miles a week back in the day. That's true. That's true. We did yeah, we were some good running time. miles. I remember one day we went on like an eight-miler. <laughs> Um, it was one of my first days ever running because I hated running at the time. But <laughs> Dude, you were a terrible runner. Kelsey went with <laughs> us, and I feel like we did that big loop down the two dirt roads. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like I just remember like being just out of reach to you guys the whole freaking <laughs> hour and 30 minutes. You know? Dude, that's been my whole life mm-hmm. with him and... Yeah, we'll go for an easy one, and it's like, no, it's not easy. Well, so funny enough, actually, the first time I went on a run with Phil and Kels, my wife, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, what was it, eight miles, Phil? I was yeah, in eight miles. I was in basketball yeah. shoes. Yep, full-blown <laughs> basketball shoes. Like high tops? Yeah, high tops, like, <laughs> like you know, N1 shorts or whatever they were. Like, I looked like I was going to <laughs> play, play basketball. the Y to play that. <laughs> Basketball, you know, like oh yeah, we're gonna go on a little jog. I'm like okay. Next thing you know, it's like, yo, it's four miles down this railroad track or trail, and we haven't turned around yet. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, dude, I'm gonna die out here. (laughs) And Kelsey, Alex's wife, is a really good runner. And uh, I was just like, there's no way this chick's beat me. I blew myself out. No, she j- drummed me that day. Just, like, crushed me. Yeah. And I'll she never doesn't look like though. a ru- runner either, but she motors. Right. It's unbelievable. We finished the run, and I look back, and Kelsey and Phil in a full-blown battle, sprinting. To try at the end of this thing. I, I would have pushed her off a cliff at that time <laughs> just to be here. I'm just like, not a chance, girl. Poor Kelsey. I think she did beat me. What's your uh, favorite 1110 story, Joel? Oh, man. Uh, I would say just I don't have one thing, I guess, that sticks out, but just the 
the hard times of like I remember living in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, yeah. the armpit of America, Vietnam, <laughs> Fayette County. Actually, we called it Vietnam. <laughs> and I living in the Sanner shop, and I remember sitting there or living with uh, Billy Hartle yeah. and Nate Alexander. We're all staying on air mattresses in the shop, spider webs everywhere. I would sweep that thing, the yeah. shop, every day because it was so nasty. And <laughs> taking showers with garden hoses, um, but like, like loving the fact that like I was just able to ride my dirt bike, you yeah. know. But um, <laughs> those were some interesting times. But for that's sure. where like the passion builds. I feel like that's when you decide mm-hmm. if you really love it or yeah. not. You know. Yeah, missing tech like probably at least half a dozen times that year. Well, probably a dozen times. Yeah, but you never missed tech to where it cost you where you couldn't race. And to, and to be honest, to be fair, Phil had three times the amount of DNFs that I had. It was unreal. Yeah, I but the bikes that. were sick. Mm-hmm. The bikes were fast. They look good sometimes. Well, most of the time. Yeah. And they're put together. And he, he did his best. He tried his best. No, uh, for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, our he, sport's he really driven did. on money. If you ain't got money, yeah. you fail. That's just yeah, the I way give Santa props. He really did try. It was just he kind of bit off more than he could chew. But, yeah. I mean, he at the end of the day, he was supporting these kids because he had a passion yeah, for it. Yeah, 100%. But all of you guys that are part of it have been at least you know, mildly successful or successful like you guys in Durham and mm-hmm. you know all the mechanics that were there. For mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Billy's a multiple multi champion, champion mechanic. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or for factory ammo. races, and yeah, it's pretty. It's actually pretty badass to Sick. be honest with you. You know, but we've had some trips where we went taking your van with our eleven ten bikes on your credit card, not mine. Mm-hmm. Packed in the van, two mechanics, girlfriends, driving a red bud, go out for one practice, motor blows up, <laughs> done, go. Home. Going. Alex just had to sit there. Yeah, didn't even race red by that year. Didn't even race red by that year. I go out first moto, my motor blows up, wasted trip. Then she got out of there early. Yeah, yeah, it was a hot one that day too. We uh, <laughs> funny story. High Point 2012. Team Miss Tech. Was that the year Darren was crushing it? No, that was 11. That was 11. a year before. Yeah, so the yeah. year after. Yeah, yep. so, which is a home race for 11. Which 10. is a home race. 30 minutes down the road, right? So my team missed tech Friday. So Tuli and Amy guys says, hey, your guys need to be here at 6.30 Saturday morning. Get your bike teched. I'm like, okay, cool. I talked to the boys. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. 7.30. Box truck comes rolling in with my bike. Tuli goes, sorry, you can't take your bike. I had went to High Point and just sat there and watched the race. I didn't even get to ride. Mental. Yeah, it actually makes me think about high po- uh, Steel City 2011. We did press day, and uh, my bike was fast. I was like, dude, this thing is ripping, right? <laughs> Sandra's been on the dyno all week, like getting the bike dialed. And uh, my mechanic goes, hey, like, I think Sandra's going to want to dyno this bike some more. And I'm like, dude, I don't think it can make it. If he dynos <laughs> it tonight, like, it's not making it tomorrow. So I took the dyno tire, and I hid the dyno tire on him. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, so he, they could so he couldn't dyno it. And if Sandra listened to this, he's probably going to be pissed. But I was like, dude, like, if he dynos it tonight, I'm not finishing the motos tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, sure enough. But, yeah, no dynoing, and I made both motos. So it was good. Perfect. Good day. She was knocking at the end of the second moto, but it made it. Yeah. Well, you know how many people I come up to me, they could say, like, they could hear my bike detonating really? in the Outdoor Nationals? I, uh, I had uh, the year I rode the six days mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, the the Honda year, at the end, my bike sounded like a diesel. Really? And I rode it in first gear for 
uh, like the last test ends, the motocross test, and then you just kind of ride back. This this particular time, it was like 40 k's back to the paddock, so we were just riding the road for 40 k's, and I was with Caleb and all the boys, and I rode mine in first gear for a, like at least a mile, and it didn't blow up. Wow. That reminded me of that story because it sounded so bad. <laughs> so bad. And I just rode the crap out of it home. Durability uh, testing. I was so tired that I almost fell asleep at one point on the ride back to the paddock. It's kind of mind-blowing to think that you race six days. It's such a gnarly event. I don't know. And <laughs> well, to think that you're a super fast racer talk about now. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Weird but you want to talk about you know, just working on your bike in general, changing boosts oh, and right, certain yeah. times. And like, dude basic bike prep like like what other supercross sick. rider are you racing against that did six days i don't think any <laughs> there's not a not a yeah. chance speaking of that like yeah just think of how many actual guys on the line can actually change their own tires not many not many not a chance most of them be lucky to change a filter yeah. actually when's the last time you changed the tires act uh well one of the mechanics on the team got lippy a couple of years ago and uh, he was like, oh, I'll smoke you, changing the moose. And I was like, okay. Stop watching. Oh, and moose even. Well, did. Ooh. I beat him. <laughs> CeeLo, perfect. Oh, no oh, way. Wow. Oh, yeah. CeeLo. He was, he was butter. Poor he bastard. Was, He's probably bring it up. gutted. He's like, whoa, oh, uh, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, well. What's the know, matter? Whatever. It's a tires are tires. Tire. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's insane. Crazy. I, uh, yeah, it is weird to think that I did that and now. I'm still racing Supercross because at that time I almost thought that that was like my next avenue, you know. I actually remember you saying like, yeah, you didn't really have the desire to do 450. You were like, I'm just in 250 career and then just go do off-road. Yeah, well, I just never, you know, you never think. I mean, you always want to think you're going to be successful, but you never really. I feel like if you think you're going to just go out and crush it, you're going to be cocky, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, crazy. Mm -hmm. I have a question. How come the young guns that do have these factory rides, why do they struggle so much, you think? And they do, a lot well, of them come to Baker's facility or the Moto Sandbox or whatever. Well, I don't think it's any facility in particular or any method or anything, but my theory is, you know, just like we were talking a minute ago, kind of the struggle made us, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and if you've never felt that struggle, you think you're struggling. You know, I'm sure that there's days where kids on factory teams are like man this is really hard you know and they don't have Mm -hmm. a clue so i think that that's part of it at Mm -hmm. least you know you have to in life in general you have to have some mistakes to learn what you should have done or what you need to do or who you are in those situations you know Mm -hmm. and i think that they just are are shrouded from it Mm -hmm. skosh accessories for life listen guys their slogan sums it up they are accessories for your life i use the magic mount vent clip every day boom bottle all the time go bat when we're traveling whatever it may be the functionality and durability of these products is second to none that's why myself and rockstar and j husqvarna factory racing choose skosh accessories for life check them out at skosh s-c-o-s-c-h-e.com what do you think i i agree 100 percent. they it's not like they've really actually failed to learn from the failures so like like on how to overcome them you know? yeah um, yeah they just haven't really developed like the grit or the perseverance which is you really only develop that the hard way right you know like you can't pay for this trial yeah. by fire kind of thing yeah in my opinion. yeah you yep. can have all the money in the world it ain't gonna make you 
I actually get there any faster. Kind of brings to mind a story. I was talking to TK, uh, I think a couple years ago, <laughs> and we. I actually really genuinely agreed with his point of view, where he thinks that a lot of these amateur kids coming up should almost get put into like a boot camp situation, like an like military style, yeah. where you I just beat you, the piss out of them. Yeah, you make them suffer. Oh, I would love that because it's like. I think about in our Osho days when we trained with Johnny, oh my Jeremy, God. my brother Jeremy, Phil, and we all trained with Osho for a couple of years, and it was like, dude, we suffered big time. And I mean, mm-hmm. you can attest to with Eldon, you yeah. know how you suffer, but that suffer only makes you better. Right. That's what that's what makes you actually. Mm-hmm. I I said one day this summer I was telling my practice mechanic Keith I was like, I wish I could bottle this filling up right now because it was one of those days where it was like 99 degrees 100 you know 115 feels like and it was just hot as crap and I was I was struggling and I said to him I wish I could bottle this filling up so that when I get to supercross I you know and I think I'm struggling I'm not, I'm not yeah, really yeah. struggling because yeah. supercross mm-hmm. it's hard but in but you forget a different it. way yeah, you know I agree 100%. the suffer outdoors is kind of like supercross is short and sweet where right you know yeah. it, it it's like four laps like, you're like ah, yeah four laps seems like a lot but yeah. you're out there for yeah, well, three four, and a half minutes exactly you know? and at four outdoor laps you're like, yeah. like almost <laughs> a 15 minute motor <laughs> so I was saying you know I wish I could bottle that filling up and, and he reminded me of that on Monday because it was hot again it was my first sort of day of supercross and uh, he was like, remember that that saying you said this summer? <laughs> and I was like, dude, shut up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think, yeah, like you said, with the suffering part, like, you know, at club, like people don't understand, like, our intervals that we used to do, we used to do, and this is a two-minute, 10-second lap time track, we used to do four ones, four two-lappers, four three-lappers, and four four-lappers. We'd bring our gas gas cans down, extra goggles, gloves, helmets, and we wouldn't go back until they were all done. Yeah. Hardly ever take a break. You know, I think our longest break was maybe two minutes in yeah. between them. Yeah, You know, but it was like, go, go, brutal. go. Brutal. Mm-hmm. And, dude, South Carolina's no joke when it comes to heat yeah. either, you know? Well, looking back at those days, those were like, those were the, some of the toughest days of my oh. life, you know? Hundred percent. Way tougher than most days now. And then you had these guys say they're overtraining nowadays. Delusional. <laughs> Delusional. I, I, I headbutt every one of them that says that. <laughs> no, no, but not really. But yeah, it's. I don't know. It makes it easier now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is hard to like hear people say talk about Epstein Bar or whatever when you when you think about what we've went through. I guess, oh. and it's just like I don't know. I mean, we I've survived. Had, I've had it a couple times, but. Definitely, yeah, but you still hammered through the work though. Yeah. It's not like you never, you didn't not do the work. Hey, I'm out for three weeks. Sorry, I can't do it. You're still out there stroking out. Yeah, you know, no. gnarly. Phil is gnarly. Phil, Phil is gnarly. I'm not gnarly. Stupid, he stupid, not gnarly. gnarly. He's gnarly for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. boys, it's been fun. I've enjoyed this. Is uh, kind of exactly what I wanted wanted it to be or uh, was looking for just a story found you know just Trip something down memory lane way uh, way less um, formal a little more casual and just fun not much of an interview huh just cool yeah well I mean but people should have a lot out of this yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting in uh, Zach's garage sitting around Emery's uh, you know tea table <laughs> yeah tea table it's got a pink cover on it I mean yeah we probably should take a picture of this Marshall just for the uh for the for the Instagram post that we do yeah um, for the scene I guess your bike in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only good-looking thing in here. What about Alden today, though? 
What? You think Alvin actually doesn't like me? No, he, he likes you. I think he likes you. Especially when you put that yellow marker back up. That, <laughs> like I said, that negated every... <laughs> your, reputa- your reputation coming in was I, just not good, but you... I, I, had you to, I had to tell Zach to tell him he doesn't for me like, to come. Cu- he doesn't like cussing. Like, yeah, but I don't... Yeah, I, I get it. People. But I don't cuss just like... I don't know. It's just natural. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I mean, partly New Yorker, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. These are the the They tongue. say they're intelligent. Really? Kelsey D sent me a study one time. That cause people who cuss are intelligent? Yeah. Take away yeah. a Starbucks coffee, though, yeah. and he's probably not functioning optimally. That's true. I just had an espresso, too, so I'm hanging at the moment. Can't Ooh, see that. Sorry. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Well, boys, it's been real. It's been fun. Um, thank you for doing the Husqvarna Shifting Gears podcast, and um, hopefully we can do another one someday in, uh, you know, like 10 years from now and look after back our, and laugh at this one. After L- the Loretto's battle. Yeah, after the re- post-Loretto's uh, <laughs> interview with the three of us. That was, sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Zacho.